thank you for tuning into Holistic Finance, where we promote financial balance and financial health. Our mission is to simplify your finances so you can focus on your practice and enjoy life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I'm your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, gazing into my eyes, is Alex Collins, my co-host. Hey, Ryan. It's good to see you again. I haven't seen you like all day. I know. it's It's been so long. Uh, for those of you who are new, welcome to the show. This podcast is all about helping naturopaths build your practice um, from, a, from a health standpoint and from a financial standpoint. And for those of you who are returning, uh, appreciate you coming back. I hope you're getting a lot of value uh, from our conversations that we're having. We want you all to be financially stable and growing so that you can help your patients as much as you possibly can. Because if you're not, that means you're not helping your patients as much as you possibly can. And I know, or we know, that you did not go through all of that schooling, all of the pain and heartache of building your practice uh, to have that occur. So uh, we so appreciate everyone hopping on here. So Alex is shaking his head at, at us. So for those of you who are listening, Alex is in a grants. <laughs> but it's sometimes hard to get a word in edgewise with you, Ryan. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I do like to talk, um, which is funny because when I get home, I guess my wife says I don't talk at all. <laughs> I go, no, you, can hear, you can hear me on the podcast, hon. <laughs> that didn't go over well. <laughs> Shocking. So, yes. What are we talking about? Let, let's get back on, on the agenda here. We kind of knew that we we're already going off on a roller coaster ride because Alex and I are having fun today. But I think the key piece uh, for any ND that's graduating is what type of practice is it you're building? Absolutely. Uh, and typically we have two different types of, pra- of practices, right? There's the lifestyle practice and then there's the enterprise practice. So do you want to talk about the lifestyle? Yeah, so well, before we jump into that, it's, you're gonna hear Alex and I talk about different things that we've experienced in building our practice and we're gonna compare it to um, building an ND practice because there are a ton of similarities. Um, but please be aware that we're also not stating that we know best in terms of building an ND practice because to be completely fair, we've never built an ND practice. However, we have built a practice from the ground up. We've had the struggles of growing pains and, and hiring of employees and what is it we're building and, and as what we would call chasing squirrels because it's so easy to do when you're building it. But the one thing I think Alex and I have done a really good job of coming back to is we constantly ask ourselves, what is it we're building? What is it we both want out of this? And I don't know about you, Alex, uh, the NDs that we pra- that we are, work with, it's so easy to get lost in the business where you forget to come back and have that conversation, especially early on when you're struggling to get by. For sure. It's like doing what you need to work in the business constantly just to to keep your head above the water to make sure all the student debt gets paid to make sure payroll gets met all of that fun stuff and and just trying to make sure you you help as many people as possible it it can be daunting especially at the beginning of a practice 
So we understand that we've been there. Uh, we also understand really the, the concepts around what we're talking into in terms of what kind of practice are we building? And Alex just mentioned the lifestyle versus enterprise. And so let, let us define those two. Lifestyle practice is really, it, you're it. You're the, you're the manager, you're the owner, you're the janitor, you're the doctor, you're the assistant, you're everything. And without you, the practice does not survive. And even after you've hired out some of those other things, like you're no longer the janitor, you're no longer the assistant, you're no longer the front desk person, it's still a lifestyle practice because the, the practice just doesn't function without you. There are no other NDs in the practice. And as a result, if you're not there, nothing's happening. It's, there is no practice. And this kind of practice is 100% okay. So please don't take this conversation as us steering any one of you in any one direction. It's more so if you understand which practice you're building, how much more efficient can you be in building it? Well, and it also helps direct you to what type of planning work you need and, and how to go about actually managing your finances and, and above and beyond your practice. Yep. And we're going to get into more of what Alex just mentioned here in a minute when we start talking about uh, the differences and what you should be considering. Um, Alex, let's define enterprise. Sure. An enterprise practice is something where you are more of the business owner uh, and the business will continue on without you. Uh, so if you're suddenly gone for a month, whether it's intentional, you're taking a vacation or whether it's unintentional, you're out sick or, or whatever else for a month or two months or more, that the, the practice is able to, to thrive and continue on without you being there to you know crank on the widgets and make sure everything's moving forward. Uh, obviously, we know that you guys aren't cranking on widgets, but, um, but just pushing the business forward uh, does not require you to be in the office on a daily basis. Um, it, can, it can function without you. So why are we explaining the, the differences between these two? Um, most of you will probably start in the lifestyle practice and some of you will stay there. Some of you may not even consider the enterprise practice because you don't really realize you're, what you're building. And this comes back to the vision of, right, you went to school, you wanted to graduate and, and help people with their health. Okay, what does that really look like? and start three years from now, or even one year, and, and build that out. But if you have this grand vision of, of having a multi-doctor practice, helping a bunch of people in different areas, now that helps you start where you're at today and kind of lay the foundation to build that. You may not start, and most people will not start in the enterprise practice layout, but at least now you know what you're building towards. And so, oh, you're about to say something, go ahead. Well, it's also something where it, just because you want to build an enterprise practice uh, doesn't mean that you're not going to be a practitioner of naturopathic medicine. Um, you know, it, you can absolutely like build something that's bigger than you and still practice naturopathic medicine. It, it doesn't have to be just an either or where you're either a business owner building an enterprise practice or a solo practitioner where it's all about you. Uh, I think there's a lot of in between, and that's where that's where we really where we find the folks that are the most happy. Yeah, absolutely. 
So let's let's kind of go through our experience, Alex, around working with uh, uh, you know many many of you out there, and you know we would most of you are building whether or not you know it or not are building a lifestyle practice. Yeah, it's far and away what we come across the most is you know even if it's uh, a multi uh, doctor practice the. The multi doctors are essentially 1099 folks who are renting space, whether that's a room or something of that nature. Um, they're typically not a W two employee of another nat another naturopath. Yeah, and that is completely okay. So I I know I keep iterating reiterating this, but I do want to make sure we're being crystal clear. Like this type of practice is completely fine. Right. Absolutely. It's what you want it to be like. Maybe you don't want to have W-2 employees because if you have W-2 employees, maybe that involves some training and, and the other headaches that come with w, having W-2 employees. Right. That's completely fine. However, knowing that. Right. So what is what is the the exit game then? Right. So yeah. ahead, you're Austin. you're much more reliant upon yourself and your cash flow and having like, built wealth outside of the practice because the practice itself is much less of a, a, a valuable asset. Um, and it's not saying that you didn't build anything of, of worth or of value. You are what you built. And if you walk away, a lot of that value, a lot of that relationship with your patients goes away. And so if it, if that goes away, well, then there's not really necessarily a whole lot there unless you have a ton of equipment or you bought the building or something else. And so like, it, it just becomes much, much harder to exit the, the practice through selling the practice to another ND. A, it's harder to sell. B, you wind up with a, a lower valuation. Yeah. So the, in comparison, right? So in our world uh, around financial planning, if I was running my own personal financial planning practice and Alex and I were not business partners, it, I have to build, to Alex's point, assets outside of my practice so that I can eventually, quote unquote, retire, whatever that looks like, because maybe I'll never retire until I'm mandated to because of health or what have you, or I just get sick of it. Or, and then the, the other part of that is, what happens to all of my clients? I've built a relationship yeah. with my clients. The people that have come on board that, are, that I'm still helping, what happens to them? Right? So hopefully I go through and I try to transition them to another advisor, but that relationship isn't there, so it's much harder for that transition to go, let's just call it smoothly. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like the other thing is, is that, uh, you know, once we like t from day one, tomorrow is not a given. You know, we all innately know this. And at the same time, we all treat it as though tomorrow is a given for most of us. The older we get, the closer we get to transitioning out of our practice, the less of a given it becomes. And so even if we want to work an extra 10, 15, 20 years, we may not be given that choice. We may not be given that opportunity. And so making sure that we've done planning around business continuity, business continuation, you know, making sure that there is a plan in place to make sure that 
know, you, the business owner, are taken care of, that your staff is taken care of, that your patients are taken care of, like that your community is taken care of. All of these things need to make sure that we have I's dotted and T's crossed as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. So, so Alex, let's talk about what we could do if we have a lifestyle practice and we're wanting to build towards the enterprise practice. Because to my earlier point, most of us started out as a lifestyle practice because we didn't have the employees. We didn't have everything that we were just talking about in the enterprise side. So what thought processes do we have to have as, as a lifestyle practice owner right now to build towards that enterprise? Uh, sure. So the if we're going to build towards the enterprise, it's one thing. If we're going to just exist in the enterprise practice, it's an entirely different thing. If we're if we're existing in the in the in the lifestyle practice, then really we need to try and figure out okay, what's the methodology that we're going to use to build wealth outside of the business? Because at that point, we can't necessarily plan on there being a whole lot there from the sale of the practice uh, for a host of different reasons. Um, you know, once we start thinking that way, we're really starting the transition towards an enterprise practice. Um, so to do it, that, right? So you have to have back to the vision. You have to have uh, that vision of what it is you're building so that you can get to the enterprise practice. So step one to get there is let's start with what that vision looks like. Yeah, and the, the vision is going to be different for everybody, and like you and I are not going to dictate somebody's vision to them. They have to figure out what it is that they want, how it is that they want to to run their practice, and and ultimately what they're trying to build. Um, you know, and what's what are the things that are important to them? Is it, uh, uh, is it a legacy? Is it uh, community? Is it uh, you know, taking care of as many patients as possible. Like, what is it that you're you're really passionate about? Figure that out, and then build around that vision for yourself, your family, your practice, your clients, your patients, your community, um, and and work towards towards those goals. The other side of this is, and you and I actually were were talking to a client specifically about this who had never even thought about this aspect even though she was kind of building towards it and she just didn't realize it. And this is a classic example of, you know, you've got a naturopathic doctor that has really the lifestyle practice, but has several 1099 NDs working inside of that practice. And she's just kind of collecting rent from them. But she's also wanting to buy another practice. She's wanting to buy the real estate. So she's really trying to be this owner mm -hmm. and she wants to help her patients. And so we kind of threw out the idea of, okay, have you thought about possibly having a W-2'd employee? Like she was looking at bringing on a uh, a resident, right. right? Like train that resident and maybe that resident becomes a W-2 and then maybe that W-2'd employee starts working with her um, to help grow the practice and maybe eventually buy the practice from her. Uh, maybe it just – that person becomes like the key employee in terms of running the practice. And that way you get to focus on other areas, still have your patients, but also have the time to focus in other areas like buying other practices, other real estate, other, other things that you're trying to build inside of your vision. Yeah. Well, it was an eye-opening conversation for her because she'd never really thought about it as, Hey, that's a possibility. And what would that look like? 
and and for this person, the thing that kind of held them back was like, okay, I I just graduated or I recently graduated. She didn't think of herself as having tenure and being able to lead others. And so it was one of those things where it's like, okay, like why is somebody going to take direction from me? And it's it's absolutely just amazing how we can hold ourselves back from our true potential. Um, you don't necessarily have to have to be the you know foremost expert in the in the field. Like you can run an awesome and amazing practice that attracts other NDs simply based on uh, you know efficiency of uh, space, the office, staff, other things of that nature. Um, and then when we started talking about, okay, hey, here's some of the benefits and here's maybe some of the things you should think about, you know, like that key person and how do we keep them in the practice and how do we define key people and things of that nature, you know, it, it really kind of expanded her mind in terms of like, hey, what's possible and and really got her more excited about buying the next practice and what that would look like and and how to go about doing it. It was a fun conversation for you and I to have w with her, that's for sure, because her, I mean, you could literally feel like her eyes lighting up on her end just because there's the, several things went through her mind. Another thing that you hinted at that I don't, you didn't dive into there, Alex, was she was a younger ND. I mean, I think she's in her early 30s. And so her thought process was, well, whoever I'm hiring is probably going to be my same age. Right. Or maybe even it's older. Or maybe even older and and we're just trying to get her to think well that's fine you don't have to decide who the key employee is now but if you're looking at building that enterprise type practice like we just discussed and it sounds like you're wanting to do without really realizing it well then you put steps in place right now to allow you to do that maybe that key employee isn't the one you eventually sell to but maybe that key employee is the one that's running the practice which allows you to spend your time elsewhere yeah, well, and like the other thing is, is that, I mean, heck, you don't just get to go ahead and say, oh, I want a business partner, and then you find the perfect fit. It takes time. It takes trial and error. It takes work to actually get the right person. Um, you know, I, I can speak from experience because there are like three or four different uh, uh, like starts of partnerships that I'd created before you and I partnered. And like, obviously none of those were successful and it, it that's not necessarily a bad thing. There, it's a, there's, it just wasn't the right fit. And so I would way rather, you know, experiment and try and find the right fit for whom a partner is, who your key people are, then just jump into it with two feet and now you're stuck and now you're having to try and unwind something. It, it becomes just a, a big mess and a nightmare if if done inappropriately. So please don't take this as advice to just go out and partner with somebody or hire a a, a key person, um, like whatever that means. No, like you, you have to you have to go through a little bit of trial and error and find like who is who's a good personality fit, who's a good fit from a, uh, an expertise and a uh, just who you work well together with. I think this example is the limiting beliefs that we have sometimes because of different different experiences. Like, you know, I don't know that this person actually had it, but let's just say she had a W-2 model prior 
and she didn't like the training aspect of training all these different w2 w2 nds and decided okay i don't want to do that anymore so let me just go back to 1099 and then like she forgot and, and then she's still building this empire that is, is hers and because of her past experience with the w2 employees she just kind of forgot like didn't want to go that model and limited what she could actually do and we just reminded her well, you don't have to do that full-blown training model you've done before. Maybe you just do you you take a piece of it and you've learned from it clearly, and now you can build on top of that. And if you can free up your time doing the stuff that you love and are really good at, what does that do for your practice, income, lifestyle, all of the above? Sure. One maybe one of the value propositions for the enterprise practice that you're going to be running isn't education. Yep. Like that's totally fine. You can build this out however you want. You don't have to run every aspect of all of your employees' lives. In fact, m most of them probably don't want that. No. So hoping, <laughs> hoping understand. Okay, what is it that that you're really good at? Where is it that you're going to add value? Focus on those things. Exactly. So. Right. The, the enterprise model is is more of the I don't want to say hands off model. It's it's more of the model of you building something that you are not the business. Right. And it allows you to do other things that you're trying to build. Now, if that's not what you want, then obviously the lifestyle practice makes sense. But now, you know, financially what it is you need to be focusing on and having pieces for like lifestyle practice you better have out, uh, assets outside of your practice right because you're not going to get as much for your practice so you better have some stuff outside of that if you're building an enterprise now that helps you maybe how much more money you put back into the practice yes you should still have assets outside of the practice but that changes the dynamics a lot mm -hmm. right so that enables you to build the blueprint for your vision well and also i mean when we talk about it from an income stream standpoint if you are the lifestyle practice you really need to protect as much of your income as humanly possible because without you everything breaks down in a hurry that that's the definition of a lifestyle practice when we start moving to the enterprise practice you know now even if you're not there Okay, sure. The business isn't going to be anywhere near as effective. The practice won't work nearly as well. But at the same time, you're still going to have revenue coming in the door. You're still going to have income. And so it becomes less important to, to tackle that particular aspect. Now, you and I would say it's still priority number one, and we still need to make sure we're protecting that income. We have more built-in protection from our other structures around us. Exactly. So we're hoping that the key takeaways is, you know, how much time are you spending working in your practice versus on your practice, right? Like, I think that's key point takeaway number one. And for those of you who are early on, like, I'll just speak from experience. I'm not sure I, I ever thought about working on my practice because I was trying to make sure that I was helping people and actually be able to live some version of the lifestyle that I wanted. <laughs> right. So For it's sure. hard. But looking back on it, I wish I would have taken at least a day to take a step back and say, OK, what is it I'm building? What is it I'm doing? Because my head is spinning 
like a top. <laughs> and it would have slowed me down. It's that whole philosophy of, you know, work slower to be more efficient or what's, I forget the exact language, but that's essentially the point of that. And then that enables you to analyze what is the practice you're wanting to build towards, right? Yeah. Right. When you're working on your practice, now, you know, you can take a step back and really look at, okay, what is it I'm trying to build here? Well, and then lastly, it, it gives you that component of, okay, now that we know what we're building, how do we do it? It gives us a, a blueprint or a, a roadmap for how we go about actually doing the planning work once we understand where it is that you're trying to go, what you're trying to accomplish, what your what your vision is. Which leads us to the question of the day. It does. The question of the day is what's the what's the vision that you have for your practice? So head to holistic-finance.com. Let's go to the bottom there and there's a section there for you to um, send us an email with the answer to that question. Um, we are actually starting to, we're not really getting answers to the question, which is funny, um, although it is having them think about, we had several people reach out to us as of late, um, really looking at business valuations and and that led from our, that came from our, our podcast around business valuations. So feel free to use that, feel free to he head to our website, um, quantifiedfinancial.com to, to find out more about that aspect. If you're getting any value out of this podcast, please share it with your your coworkers, share with other people that you know in the ND community. Because one thing is for certain, and I'm going to use the word for certain, even though compliance may not like this. Um, if you got some value out of it, if something bubbled up in your mind, I can pretty much guarantee you there's someone else out there in your community that had the same type of thought process that you had. So share it with them. And that would bring a ton of value to your uh, community, which can only help you. Absolutely. So, with all that being said, have a good rest of your day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian and subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 9093991100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities.